Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Real Talk. I am Sophia Bender, former staff writer for The Prowler, and I am now guest writing and doing this Real Talk with my friend on the other side of the computer screen, Caleb Hicks. Now, Caleb never went to Stars Mill. He wasn't on The Prowler, so I'm kind of throwing him in there. He doesn't really know what he's doing, but he's here to help me talk about historical accuracy in movies and TV shows. So I'm a history major and it matters a lot to me when movies and TV shows and books too, although that's usually more historically accurate, um, when they aren't, when they aren't following, um, events or the style of clothing isn't correct. It always just brings me out of the environment of the movie or the TV show a little bit. And so we're going to talk about some movies and TV shows that it did that did it well and some that didn't do it as well and why we think that. So Caleb is a avid Titanic fan, I hear. I <laughs> and, and not just the movie, not just the movie. Yes. So would you like to talk about some of the historical accuracies, what they got right, what they got wrong in James Cameron's Titanic? Yeah, so the 1997 Titanic film directed by James Cameron, um, it, it, it took a lot of um, scene shot from shot from the 1957 film. I believe it's 57. I may have my dates wrong. I'm a sociology major. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, it took a lot of shots directly from that film. Um, and that film is, is incredibly accurate, but there's one big thing that it, that it really missed out on in the 50s, and it, it really wasn't the filmmaker's fault because they were more or less following directly what the people who investigated the wreck were saying at the time of the wreck um and that is that the ship went down in one whole piece um so in the in the 1950s film it actually depicted the titanic going down in as one whole piece as it was said to have done in the 50s um but one good thing about the the 1997 film although it has the whole um, fictional scenes with Rhodes and Jack and you all know how that goes um, it actually showed the ship breaking in half which I found particularly compelling because it just um, really accentuated how devastating the disaster could have been and um, yes so I feel like that's a, one big thing I feel like a lot of times the reasons behind why directors change the events in historically based movies and TV shows is because they want to make it more dramatic. But honestly, I think historic history is perfectly dramatic by itself. You know, like who could have imagined that the, the unsinkable Titanic was not only going to sink, but sink in such a way that it broke entirely in half. 
This yeah. huge chunk of metal broke entirely in half. No one saw that coming. Engineers at the time didn't think it was possible. It wasn't until they found the wreck in the 80s where they were like, huh, it did actually split in half. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I personally find the 1950s film um, much more entertaining than the 1997 film. Um because it's so incredibly accurate it, it it does have that one big flaw in it where the ship goes down in one piece however it, it shows so many different people so many survivors and it, it kind of just meshes their stories together and um yeah i really appreciated that and actually now that i'm thinking about it um i believe there was a titanic movie that came out the same year as the titanic and it actually starred one of its survivors. However, that film is now lost to history. There was, I believe, a fire at wherever they were storing the, the physical copies of the film. And we, we have no idea what the movie really was about, but um, we have no way of verifying what it was about. But um, I think that would have been really cool because it, it, it's, it's to, to see because it would be so close it was made so close to the actual time of the wreck and actually starred one of the survivors so i guess she would have a lot of creative input and i'm just really bummed that i that we're never going to get to see that and um yeah that's interesting i i heard that there was something like that but i didn't really i'm not like a super big into like the early 1900s so i never really looked um into that at all but i feel like i have heard about that one so one show that i've started watching recently is the tutors um i don't remember exactly it's made for tv obviously it's not like made by netflix or anything but it is on netflix that's how i'm watching it and I got really excited because the Tudors are, it's about Henry VIII and his six wives. Um, divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived, right? And I got really excited because I just, I love Henry VIII and his six wives, as weird as that sounds. And so I was like, oh my gosh, they have a TV show about it. And I started watching it and I was like, this is really interesting, but not completely historically accurate. Yeah. And I, so I started like doing a bunch of research about what was true and what wasn't. And some of it was, was just really minor stuff. Like they mixed up names of um, who was Pope at the time, which, is, which might not seem very important, but because of the time period that these events took place, yeah. It's very religious-based. These people were very religious. And who was Pope was very important. And so the fact that they didn't get right who was Pope when and, like, who was vying for Pope at the time and who became Pope, that really really bothered me. Um, Some of the political alliances and their reasonings were just a little bit incorrect. Um... Yeah, I've yeah, never I just, seen, it, it I've was, never seen this show or movie. Um, it was a show, yeah. It's a show, I thought so. I've never seen it, um, but I am particularly interested in that period as an Anglican myself. I am particularly interested in 
the English Reformation and how the Church of England split from the Roman Church. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really I need to look into that. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. Um, what I did like about the show is they did include a lot about Martin Luther and what the church was talking about then and yeah. what um, the King of England, Henry, was talking about with Martin Luther and how he felt. And that was all historically accurate. I appreciated that. Um, and I was just, I was curious because some of the historical inaccuracies were bothering me. I was looking up, like, why they did it. Of course they're going to bother me. I'm a history major. I was looking up why they changed stuff, and it's always for the drama. And that bothers me so much because I feel like it's very dramatic. Having six wives is very dramatic. And, like, splitting from the church after hundreds and hundreds of years of alliance with the church it's very dramatic. I don't see how you need more drama to that. Um, yeah. Some things, changing it for historically, for, for uh, why can't I say that? For historical accuracy does make sense. Um, one thing they changed that I didn't mind was that they sped up the time, a couple of timelines for some storylines, which... If they had drawn it out to the real length of time that it's supposed to be, it would not make, have made for a very good story just because it, it's, it's a long period of time and to speed it up just makes it a little bit easier to process. And so I'm okay with some minor changes like that. Um, but I really think that sticking as close to what actually happened um, is best um the other thing that i looked into a lot with that show was the fashion because i was like oh what they're wearing is super cool in the show but is it historically accurate kind of uh (laughs) and that's the case in most things that i've seen um that's also the case in little case in the new little women movie um starring emma watson um and Saoirse Ronan, yeah, they, it was kind of right, not really though, and there's a lot of um, details that just aren't quite exact or quite right that I'm not going to get into because it's very complicated, but it's really not that hard to just look into it a little bit, um, there are there are people who you can hire to help you with these things. There, um, there, for your help. There are historians who want to make things easier and better. Um, they're called historical consultants. And the Crown, uh, the TV show The Crown, actually has its own historical consultant, and. For those of you who don't know, The Crown is about Elizabeth II's um, early years. Um, yes, just as she as is. queen. So yes. again, Elizabeth II is the queen that's still alive in England <clears throat> right now. Still kicking. Um, yeah, still kicking. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, <laughs> and again, 
the thing with this TV show was they were like, well, it's not a documentary. So they create situations to cause more drama. And it's like, there's plenty of drama already. Sometimes there's such a thing as too much drama, honestly. So I feel like, like you can still tell a compelling story while sticking close to history. Yeah. And um, with another movie that I've watched recently, uh, 1917. Oh, that um, was such a good one. Yeah, it was an amazing movie. I loved it. It was incredible cinematography, in my opinion. Yep. Um, but it, it seemed to me that the cinematography was more of the focus of the movie, the way it was shot, because it was a one-shot film. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it was made to seem like one long take. And exactly. I thought that was really cool and really Alfred Hitchcock-like. Um, however, it, it really isn't all that grounded in history. I mean, it, it, it's inspired by some of the German army's tactics and uh, how the British would have responded. But, but it... it his characters are completely fictional. It's, you know, the battle was completely fictional, even though it was, again, you based know, I, on a true story. I will say I don't mind that, though. Yeah, it's a I, lot I, easier to make a historically accurate film when you're coming up with fake characters. So yeah. what I mean is, like, everything about the movie, it could have happened. The exactly. clothes that they wore was were accurate. The places they talked about were real. Um, the way that they acted and reacted to certain situations was very likely for, um, for how the, those armies worked during that time, just like Caleb was saying. But you have your own characters who never actually existed. They're not real people. And you can do whatever you'd like with them. I think that allows a, for a lot of creative... Freedom. Freedom. Thank you. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Where if you're sticking to people in history, such as with the crown and Elizabeth II, or the Tudors with Henry VIII, it's a little bit harder to stick to history because you have to... Because sometimes... You have to feel like you have to... Ugh! I'm messing up the wording. You have to follow their lives. And I think it's just so much easier to create your own character and put them into history than to add events to people's lives that never actually happened. Yeah, I can see that being... Especially with more recent history and people that are still alive like Queen Elizabeth, for example, like falsifying parts of her life, it could have some kind of negative impact on how people view her. If exactly. It's, you know, um, which I, I really don't think is the, the best thing for any line of entertainment to be doing, you know, giving you... No, or, or I... shaping your opinions. It, it should just be that. It should be entertainment. And if it is meant to be historically accurate, it should at least teach you something, you know? I think if you are going out to make 
a period piece, you need to define what that is, and you need to really think about how far you're going to take it. What I mean by this is the Tudors and their dynasty is a lot more intricate than the 1980s in the U.S., such as in Stranger Things. In Stranger Things, it's it's very different. It's not really a history show. It's more of a nostalgia it's, type thing. It's a nostalgia thing. It's it's really just sci-fi. They're not yeah, like an aesthetic. They, it's really exactly. That's really it. They yeah. they do dress their characters in historically accurate clothing um, for the eighties, and they and the cars and the houses, and it's all just perfect. But it's not about that. It's about the monsters and the characters, and yeah. that's fine. But if you're going out to make a period piece, you need to try your best to make it as historically accurate as possible because you're making a period piece. Why should you not put money into making it as good as it can be? Yeah. Yeah, it's like if you're focusing on external events rather than internal events, you want to be as objective as you can, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the internal thing is completely subjective and you can't be objective about anything that is subjective. So why even try? And the Um, other thing is when you're taking these people who actually existed in history, in TV shows you and movies, you expect to see a little bit more of what they were thinking when they were doing these things, right? But I mean, that's how you portray characters. But you, but we don't know how some people felt or how they truly felt when something yeah. was happening unless we have direct evidence from them. So, like a journal or something. Exactly. Yeah. So, especially for people who are still alive or they're very important, it can just change the way people see them and i uh i hate that i hate that like you just want to be right and i think and i think and it also bothers me because a lot of scientific movies and tv shows are getting really good at being accurate with the science and the math and that's hard stuff, man. Yeah. That is hard stuff. My favorite movie is Interstellar, actually. And it's Interstellar is praised heavily because it is so scientifically correct for what we know about our world and our universe. Yeah. The, and the um, directors and the screenwriters for that movie worked so hard to make sure it was as accurate as they could get it. I just wish directors of period pieces would care that strongly about making it accurate as well. Yeah. Um, But they don't, and that's a real problem. Yeah, and uh, when you brought up the scientific thing, my mind immediately went to The Theory of Everything with Eddie Redmay. Uh-huh. Um, that was an amazing movie. I loved it. It's, I've it's heard. the story of Stephen Hawking. And again, it, it does it is focused on the life of Stephen Hawking, but 
there there is an element to it of it, it focusing on his relationship with his first wife. I believe her name was Jane. I may have that wrong. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, the the movie to me, it, it my attention was drawn less to the achievements that Hawking, um, it, that Hawking's life brought to him. Uh, and it was more focused on the conflict it had; those those achievements had with his wife. And again, it it took its liberties, um, but it I I think and I, I believe Hawking thought because he he let out he if this happened it was released before he died. Um, he thought it was a great movie, and yeah, I think if you can get the approval of someone the movie is about. That is another thing that is really commendable, you know? Yeah, I mean, I understand that it's very difficult to do that. Rarely is a movie made about someone while they're still alive. Yeah. But it happens, and and you've got you've to gotta make the... You have to make the movie or the TV show or even write the book as if the person you're writing about is going to read it. You want it to be exactly. accurate. I feel like we owe it to them. So I guess that wraps things up about how we feel about historically, ugh, I still can't say it, <laughs> historical accuracy in movies, TV shows, and books, and why it is so important. Thank you for listening, Stars Mill, and have a wonderful rest of the week.